We're going to talk about another attribute of God. This may sound a little strange, but we're going to talk about today the fact that God is what? We've talked about God is love. God is holy. God is good. And once again, it messed up on me. God is, help me out, Jeff. I don't know. There it is. God is, listen to this, immutable. God is immutable. You don't look that excited. I want to tell you this is very exciting. What does that mean? It means the word immutable means unchanging. That God is unchanging. Okay, but this is kind of like the theological term, so I, we need to be familiar with those. And the verse that I'm going to read, you have already heard today. Carrie shared that with us. Isn't it amazing how God brings things together? I just think that's so powerful. And, and that we're, we're not here by chance. God is wanting to do something in our hearts and life. And this is where he said, I, the Lord, do not change. And, and he's talking about coming judgment. He said, that's the reason why you're not consumed, you sons of Jacob. I would have changed my mind. But God has promised. God made a promise. And God's going to fulfill everything that he said because he can't change. So what does this mean? It means God is unchanging. It's one of his attributes. It's part of who he is. Now, we live in a world that's always changing, right? And, and a body that's um, always changing. And normally it's not for the better, right? All this stuff. In fact, it was Mark Twain who made the famous statement that the only person who likes change is a wet baby. Okay, so we don't get very excited about it. But living in a world that's always changing and usually not for the better, and in uh, you know, a fleshly body that's changing, and, and, and it'll get to the point that it's not for the better, uh, it's good to know that we have a God who never changes. Because I want to tell you, He is constant. He is our constant that we can cling to. You need a constant, something that never changes, one who never changes. His truth never changes. I have become increasingly frustrated in recent days, and well, not just in recent days, but in life about just, just the way things are changing in our world, the way things are uh, so unstable, so wishy-washy. I mean, in our government, right, in our society, um, the things that people are trying to do to try to find answers and peace and happiness, the lies that they are believing and the destruction that they're inviting into their lives. And there's more people that are going through depression and there are more people that the suicide rates keep going up and just everything. The answers that tells me that people are trying to search and find, they're not finding. The only way they're going to find it is in a God who never changes. I mean, things are changing so fast. Uh, whether it's, it's, it's the economy, even gas prices. I mean, they, they probably changed it. Well, you probably should have filled up before you came here because they probably changed it, right, before you get back out of here. Um, but you know what? So, things change back around sometimes. And this is what I say. You know, styles are always changing. That's a gimmick because they want us to buy new clothes. They don't want you to be happy with your old clothes that aren't worn out. They want you to buy new stuff, right? So they've got to, they've got to keep this thing going. You know, well, my theory is I'm just going to keep going with what I got. And maybe it'll come back around. Right? Yeah, see, the 80s are getting popular again, right? I mean, the mullet's even coming back. Don't get any ideas, Chuck Howe. Man, I said I wasn't going to pick on you today, didn't I? And I've already done it. You, oh, 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 okay. All right. But you never know what might happen. Stay tuned. But yeah, these styles, they come back around. But, you know, I also get frustrated with myself. I mean, I, I, I'm, struggle, I, I'm frustrated with, with the changes going on here. 
Uh, I look in the mirror, and, um, you know, it's not what I have. Somebody asked me this past week, so how old, how old do you feel like you are? I mean, if you weren't thinking about time or age, what do you feel inside? I said, 37 and a half. I don't know. It's just, that's a, I, I think so. Uh, I don't feel the age that I am on the inside, but I get reminded that this is the reality. But I struggle with myself. I struggle with that. I struggle with being frustrated about a lot of different things that are going on in life. Um, I, I'm, I, I struggle with being, uh, with staying centered on the Lord and, and not be self-centered. Um, I, I struggle with being inconsistent uh, and, and not as stable, maybe in some ways. And, and yes, the aging thing is happening. The uh, gray hair, no, actually, let's just call it white. That's what it is. Um, and the thinning, and you know, as there's an, a decrease uh, on the, the head, uh, there's an increase in like nose hair and ear hair and all of that. And, um, you know, as an, and I, I, I visited uh, my barber today. Shout out, Kendall Howe. Amen. Uh, so so we, we do a good job there. And then I look at all this stuff that's fallen off of me and I always have a wisecrack to say about it. Uh, is, this, is you sure this is mine? He assures me, yep, that's yours. Um, and then, and then you know, and, and, and so the, you know, he also includes, you know, I'm glad you're not charging extra for trimming ear hair because he, he throws that in, you know, and uh, then you get home and, and it's weird because as you get older, you know, you look in the mirror and I figured out how this happens. It's like, um, you know, men don't always look at themselves very closely and you don't see some of the things that are happening. But when you get really close in the mirror, your eyes blur out. You can't see it. But just the light happened to hit the other day and it's like, I know I looked at my ears. I know I did. And like overnight, this, this tentacle is growing and it's not, even, it's, it's not even where it's supposed to be. And so, you know, you get the tweezers. Okay, anyway, I'm just saying stuff changes and I'm struggling with it. A lot. So where can we turn when we live in a world that's constantly unstable, a world that's changing, and live in bodies that are changing? We get so unsettled and frustrated about life. Where can we turn? Well, uh, I'm glad we have a God that never changes. But I'm also glad in Scripture we have people, real people like us, who went through stuff. Now, they may have lived, listen to me, in a different time, in a different place, but people are people. And life has always been like this. And I'm glad in the word of God that the psalmist many times will just pour it out. And we need to do that. I, I was talking to Cheryl and them earlier about sometimes thoughts and struggles that I'm having. I like to just kind of air it out, right? And just tell, this is what, I'm, yeah, there you are. I was just talking about it because I didn't know how I felt. I felt like, what should I do? So I like to kind of talk it out and, and, and hear. And, and it's good that you can do that even with God. Did you know that? Because you feel frustrated. Listen to the psalmist here. And this is in Psalm 102. And these are in your notes. We have a link to them on our Facebook page. Or if you Using your YouVersion app, go to events and then find uh, Hartville. I mean, go to, um, uh, I can't remember what it is, events, yeah, and then find Hartville and you'll find our notes on there. Some of these verses so you can meditate on them later. Psalm 102, 1 and 2. Here's what he says. He says, hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Sounds distressed, right? Well, if you don't believe it, listen, he says it. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. I feel isolated. I feel like, God, where are you? Incline your ear to me. I feel like you're not hearing me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. I feel like I'm running out of time. The walls are closing in, right? And then verses three and four. For my days pass away like smoke. Boy, is that true. I feel like it's just whoosh. 
and, and it's evaporating. And I thought life would be different than it is now. And I didn't think it would go by so fast. When you're young, you're not even thinking. You've always been young, and you don't even know how to be old because you've never been old, right? But now, all of a sudden, it's starting to hit. It says, uh, my days pass away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. You know, I've got all these pains, stuff like that. My heart is struck down like grass and is withered. Uh, and so this is talking about on the inside, I'm just, I'm just feeling this, this depression and this, this, he says, like grass that is with, I forget to eat my bread. I don't even feel like eating. And then the next verse says, and I've got to go to the bathroom all the time. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> but but this, is, this is someone, it sounds clinically depressed, someone who is in distress, someone who uh, can't eat, can't sleep, feel like God has abandoned him. So what can you count on when life feels like this? I'm glad the psalmist just lets it out. Uh, whoever this psalmist was, we're not sure who it was. may have been David, we don't know. Just kind of lets it out and works through it. In the process of that psalm, I'm glad he sets back down on the unchanging God, our God who is immutable. Because let's skip down to verse 24, or 25 rather. Because it comes around and his focus now turns from me and my poor pity party to God and who he is. Here's what he says in verse 25. Of old you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens, that's outer space by the way, all the galaxies, the universe, are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. Count on him. I may be perishing. I may be fading away like smoke. The, 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 guess what? The universe, the galaxies, the sun, the moon, the solar system. Yeah, but, but you remain. It says, they will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same and your years have no end. I love that. We refocus on God and who he is. And this is an attribute of God the immutability of God. And that means he is constant. He never changes. Have you got that down? It's so important. Everything around us falling apart. Everything around us unstable, changing. But you can put your trust in the God who never changes. You need this constant. You need this solid rock in order to build your life on. That there is this truth, this, this one true God that you can build your life on. And uh, we were talking um, was it last week we talked on the goodness of God, that all good things come from him? Anything good that we have comes from him. If it's not good, it doesn't come from God. It comes from somewhere else, okay? But we looked at this verse last week in James 1.17, where he said, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down, and he calls God the Father of lights, because he spoke it all into existence, right? With whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Even our sun, the shadows, the, you know, the clouds come and cover it, and the sun goes down. But with our God, there is no shadow. There's no variation. He doesn't waver. He doesn't change. Boom, you can build your life right there. There's so many verses, so many verses that talk about this. And I can only mention a couple in just a few minutes that we have here. Um, it, and he says in... Um, in our text in Malachi, which we read a while ago, I am the Lord, I do not change. Um, this is a promise, this is a truth. And then he also says in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
He's always loved you. There's nothing you could ever do to cause him to not love you. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more because his love is perfect. And if he could love you any more, then it wouldn't be perfect love, but it is perfect love. But guess what? There's nothing so bad you could ever do to cause him to love you less. That's our God. And Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just a couple of things about his immutability. His unchangingness. I don't know. Maybe we say it that way. That is, God is changeless. That means he's changeless in his person. Who he is. And as I said, he's perfect. Therefore, he cannot, does not, and will not change. He can't get any better. Because he's perfect. So he can't change for the better because he's already perfect. He can't get any worse because if he did, if he could, he wouldn't be perfect. It would make him imperfect, and he is perfect forever. That makes him unlike anything else in all creation. In other words, people change, clothes change, seasons change. Times change, hair changes, shoes change. But God does not change. And that also means his word never changes. His truth never changes. And it just amazes me how wacky things are just getting out there nowadays. People are believing stuff that a few years ago we would have thought was insane or crazy. And it keeps changing. It's this and then it's that. And we're told this, it's no secret that the polls show that in America, but not just America, in Europe and in other places, people don't trust what they're being told by the media. Why? Because we've been lied to so much. There is one, what can you trust nowadays? There is one thing you can trust, and it's the word of God. And we build our lives on his word because it's true, and it's perfect truth, and it never, ever changes. In fact, the word of God testifies about itself in Psalm 119, 89. He says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. May not be settled in your heart, but it's settled in heaven. In fact, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 1, 24, 25, he quotes Old Testament when he says, all flesh is like grass and, and all its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but... The word of the Lord remains forever. You're never going to get away from this truth. I mean, you can run from it. You can hide from it. You can doubt it. You can say you don't believe it, only to stand. And this is the book that will be open in Judgment Day. You're never going to get away from it. It doesn't change. It doesn't pass away because his person never changes. His word never changes. But what's more than that, he's not only changeless in his person, he's changeless in his purpose. God's purposes never change. He doesn't have to really have a plan A, plan B, and if that doesn't, God's purposes is perfect. Purpose. He may use different methods at different times, but God is going to get where he's going. That's why I say either we can get in the will of God and submit our lives to the will of God and be a part of what God wants to do, or we can miss out. Because God is going to get where God's going to go. The question is, what are you going to look like when he gets there? Are you going to be on board, or are you going to be left out? He's going to accomplish. And I want to tell you, even in this community, there are certain things that God has decreed to accomplish. They're part of his perfect will. And we've talked about this some on Wednesday nights in my class, if you've been there. But the thing about it is, I feel like if this church gets lazy and self-focused and doesn't do it, God will find someone who will. 
we'll miss out. God's going to get his work done. He's changeless in his purpose. His plans do not change. Psalm 33, 11. I love documenting this with scripture. Let's make sure we keep it all in context, right? The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. God's plan has not changed. It has not been altered. His holy knowledge is the same today as it was on the day that he spoke everything into existence. This also means that God's promises never change. God's promises are part of his purpose. In 2 Corinthians, Paul tells us in verse one, or chapter 1, verse 20, all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. All of the promises are yes, and amen, amen, amen means truth, or let it be true. All of them are that way. So it's good to know that there's promises you can hold on to. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what anybody else is telling you. God's promises never fail. They never change. He said that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. That's a promise. He will not back out on that just because you keep coming to him like that. He has said that he will never leave us or forsake us. Don't ever Get to the point that you think God's done with you. He's promised he will never leave you. He's promised that he's coming back someday. And, 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 and that this world is going to come under judgment. It's going to happen. His promises never fade. They never fail. Not only does his purpose never change, his character never changes. He is changeless in his character. Now somebody's probably thinking here right quick before we wrap this up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, the Bible talks about God changing his mind. I mean, remember that time in Ezekiel chapter 32? Whenever it's talking about how that um, God was, after they, you know, Moses up there with God in the mountain. Israel, they start doubting, you know, Moses has been up there a long time. And they build that golden calf and start worshiping. Remember that? And God tells Moses about it. And God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to destroy them and, uh, and all of that. And, and so but, but then God changed his mind and he didn't do it. So see there, right? So you can always try to make it sound different, you know. And, and yeah, it, it, the Lord did change what he was going to do there. Uh, but you got to understand the context. Remember, although God's character doesn't change, his methods may change. But his purpose hasn't changed. So when the Bible, you may read where it talks about God changing his mind. He's relating to us in human terms, man terms. God's character is constant. However, change on human beings' part may affect another part of God's character. God is free to relate to that person out of the part of the character, out of that part of his character rather than, than, than the other. Let me explain what I mean by that. God used this whole thing as a test to Moses. God is holy and God is just. Therefore, their sin need to be punished. But you remember God tested Moses. God said, let me just destroy all of them and I'll make a great nation out of you. Well, now Moses is going to be the leader leading these people to the promised land. And, you know, Moses could get pride. Moses could be like, you know, I'm sick of these people. This was a big test there because that wasn't God's original plan. It was a test for Moses. And Moses said no. In fact, Moses really wanted God to kill him if it would save his people. Boom. Pass the test. But it can be confusing because if you're reading the old King James especially... And the thing about it is we're better now at translating than they were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Plus, our language has changed. And I think it says something like in that chapter, in like verse 14, that God repented of the evil that he thought to do to his people. What? God repented? 
Well, the word repent means to turn or to change. So he turned from it. A better way to say it is God, uh, God turned. God, uh, he decided not to punish them in the way that they actually deserved. Why? Because of Moses' response to him. And the people were punished, but he didn't wipe them all out. Because of man's, another example is in Nineveh. You remember when God sent Jonah to Nineveh and God said, I'm going to destroy all of them. Judgment's coming. You need to go warn them. And so God said, I'm going to judge them. I'm going to destroy them. But the people of Nineveh heard the word and they all repented and they all changed. And God put off, God changed. It seems like God changed his mind. No, God didn't change his mind because they got out of his justice and out of his holiness He was going to have to judge their sin. But when they began to repent, when they began to change, when Moses fell on his face before God, then that appeals to another part of God's character, his love and his mercy. And God was then able to respond to them out of his love and out of his mercy. So God does not change in his essence. Understand this when you're reading passages, and they'll just relate to us like humans understand it, like, well, God then decided not to do it. Well, the option was always there but it's us who need to change. In other words, I'm going to do this, but if you repent, I'm going to not do that and do this. It's not that God has to change and not God's trying to figure out what to do. He reacts to us. God does not change in his essence, but he changes his methods based on our willingness to adjust. This is what God does. So it is not God who adjusts or changes. He reacts to our adjustments and changes. You go this way, here's what I'm going to do. But if you'll go this way, here's what I'll do. That's what you're seeing in Scripture when you see that. Um, So he is so holy and just, he must judge all our sin. Right? We all deserve it. And he's always holy and just and perfect. Sin cannot be in his presence. He can't change on that. I'm so glad it doesn't stop there. I'm glad that one of the first attributes we studied about is the love of God. Because another part of him is not just holy and just, but he is love and he is merciful. And because of his love and his mercy, he sent his son to pay for our sins on the cross. Now watch this. If you do not repent and change and fall upon his love and mercy, one day you will stand alone in your sin before a just And holy God who never changes, who must punish sin. When Christ died on the cross, it satisfied God's justice and holiness. The sin was paid for by the only one besides you that was qualified to pay for your sin. Because he was perfect. And he was fully human and fully God. The only one qualified to pay for your sin. So your sin was justly paid for. So when you as a guilty, believing sinner who comes to faith in Christ and receives Him as Lord and Savior, when that happens, God can acquit you. That means He forgives that sin. He marks that sin debt paid in full. The sin is gone. Guess what? The guilt is gone. Guess what? The shame is gone. He took the shame. I've often wondered when Jesus was on the cross, you know, that he had to die for our sin, but why did they have to strip him down? Why did they have to beat him? Why did they have to spit on him? Why did they have to do all of that? They shamed him. 
Well, it was my shame. It was your shame that was heaped upon him who was perfect. So when the guilty sinner comes to Christ and receives him as Lord and Savior, God can acquit the sinner of his sin, can pardon that sin, can, can wipe away that sin and count them as not guilty, even though they were guilty. And God still remains holy and just and perfect because the sin was justly paid for. This is how God's mercy and love and justice and perfection and holiness work together. That's why this is so important. And to know that you can build your life on him because he's not going to go away. He's not going to change his mind about you. He thought you were worth dying for. He gave his son that whoever believes wouldn't have to perish but could have eternal life. He paid for it. This is the good news. He hasn't changed. I don't care what you've done, what you've said. He has not changed the way he feels about you. He loves you enough to die for you, and he did. The question is, are we willing to turn from ourselves to him and trust him? Am I willing to change? And when we do, everything else changes. So let God be God. Stop trying to make bargains with God. Accept God's love for you. And we may have to say no to some things that we, so we can say yes to the main thing. Pray with me. Father, help us today.